You are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're gonna die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday, there was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panionovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Uh, away we go. Chicken dinner Friday, January 6, 2023. Yes, I changed that two to a three. Follow on Twitter at ChickenXDinner. DM's always open for you. And subscribe so you get this podcast once it goes live. We will talk to the guys from the 108, Beef Loaf and Cherizy E, White Sox Nation. These guys are also longtime arbitrage betters. They love a good arb. Always trying to find that edge. We also discuss the value of half points betting versus gambling, and the magical world of Super Bowl props. This is the first episode in a long time. I actually went back and looked at the Rolodex. Only one episode in December, and I think this has been a pattern over the last handful of years, especially since I got to Nesson, because that's when I have to burn all my PTO before I lose it. Yes, it's true. If you don't use it, you lose it. So I was back in Chicago for about 10 days, drove back through... Uh, did the usual stop in Buffalo halfway, got some wings, and then finished the trip the next day to Chicago. Stayed there, friends, family, all that jazz, great stuff. Um, but I do miss talking to you, and a lot has happened, obviously. I was looking at the Super Contest standings. Not going to finish in the money this year again, but 48-35-2 is a pretty good season picking NFL sides. So the annual donation, again, lots of entertainment, lots of winners, but not going to get one of those big, fancy plastic checks with chicken dinner written across the two line. Um, But you may have seen this on social media. I put this on Twitter, also on Facebook. What a job by Rob Mish making me look like a total genius in the Chicago Sun-Times on Christmas Eve of all days. The title, bet on it. Go west, young Sam then head east. What a puff piece, huh? I couldn't believe some of the stuff in there, including the tagline, betting prodigy attended Mount Carmel, then took his skills to Vegas, now applies his trade in Boston. But really, a lot of the stuff in there is extremely true. Back in the day, I would get my dad's buddies to call the house for picks because I had this knack for Big Ten basketball. It wasn't year-round. It was always usually from... January through March, the heart of conference play. I just had a knack for picking Big Ten winners, which then eventually led to a Big Ten blog in college and then got me to where I'm at right now. Like I would circle the winners or the plays, I guess. Ironically enough, in the Sun-Times, they always had that very back part of the sports section, which had the lines from USA Today. And people would call the house, ask for Sam. My dad would get the phone. And they go, no, your son. And then he would just look completely perplexed, hand me the phone, and then I'd go in my room, close the door, and you know, talk to whoever. And that was <laughs> – I don't think many 14-year-olds dealt with that, talking to 40, 50, 60-year-old guys about who you liked that night or that weekend. But that's how it happened. And here we are, you know, 20 years later, hosting a daily sports betting show on Nesson – writing for Nesson, writing for Fox Sports, doing this podcast with all of you, 
it's been an amazing journey, and uh, <laughs> you couldn't have scripted it any better. Really cool to share that with family and friends over the Christmas break. Um, sports betting is almost here in the Commonwealth. As you know, I'm in Boston now, as I just said, getting closer to the launch end of January, Jan 31, and I thought Bill Spiros did a great job and has done a good job on Twitter, at Bill Spiros, S-P-E-R-O-S. So MGM, Encore, and Plain Ridge Park, the three land-based casinos in Mass, are all approved. These apps will be mobile, WinBet, Caesars, BetMGM, Barstool. They're voting this week on Bally's. Fanatics eventually will have a vote, and then more people will join the party. That's the way it goes. But very soon, those of you that are listening in Massachusetts, you will no longer have to drive to New Hampshire, New York, Rhode Island, Connecticut, whatever. You'll be able to drive to a casino, make a bet, counter, kiosk, whatever. And then hopefully by mid-March, you get the mobile accounts. And then you can bet in your underwear on your couch. The American dream, right? A lot of excitement, though. I was talking with Seth Medvin the other day. He does PR for WinBet about trying to get some hype and some coverage, and I like those guys a lot. In fact, Alan and Mo from WinBet are out here uh, trying to ramp everybody up for the launch. At the end of the month, we went out drinking. These guys were just so excited to be first. And, look, I'm not going to lie. Like, I no longer have to call friends or get in the car and make a three-hour trip back and forth. You know, to go to FanDuel, I got to go to Connecticut, Mohegan. Got to drive an hour and a half there, hour and a half back. It's a nightmare. And usually I'm driving to bet some obscure shit, like Golden Ball or Super Bowl exactas. You could always get down on NFL sides or college basketball totals, but, you know, sometimes you got to make a trip. And soon enough, DK, FanDuel, they're going to be in Massachusetts too. All the locals are getting taken care of. It's a lot like Illinois. When they boxed out DK and FanDuel, Bet Rivers came in first and was like, we're here, we're going to plant our flag, and then eventually it's like, all right, well, DK and FanDuel just are more popular. They have more users, and they have more platform. So that will happen here eventually, but congrats to WinBet, Caesars, MGM, Barstool, eventually Bally's and Fanatics. It's coming. End of the month. I taped this Friday, January 6th. By the end of this month, you can make a bet at a casino in Massachusetts. I want to talk about when right sides go wrong. This happens all the time. Um, it still makes me laugh that people you know, have the balls to say, hey, nice fucking pick. Yesterday, I gave out Ohio State on Twitter, at Chicken X Dinner. And I've been over this many times over the years. I'm not going to dive into the weeds now about why I like the money line instead of laying one and a half. If Ohio State would have won by one, I would have hated myself. And you would have been upset. You know it. I think it's worth the extra 15 cents in college basketball. Because if Ohio State's up four and Purdue bangs a three at the end of the game, Ohio State wins by one, we're going to lose laying one and a half. So that's the one sport where I will lay 120, 125 rather than lay a point and a half at minus 110. I, I will die on that hill forever. Here's what happened last night. Zed Key got hurt four minutes into the game, ripped his shoulder out. He's the Buckeyes' best interior defender. 
So the guy tasked with guarding the wooden front runner, Zach Eady, gets knocked out of the game right away. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. Ohio State still goes up 12 in the first half. And the Buckeyes had a one-point lead at home with 28 seconds to go in the game. What happened? They threw the ball away on an inbound play. Purdue hits a long three, and then OSU doesn't get a shot off in the final possession. Nice pick, pussy. Look, everything I did, everything I thought, even with the guy who was supposed to guard Edie going down, Ohio State had this game in its grasp. You can make good bets that lose, and you can make bad bets that win. I thought that was still a good pick. It was the wrong result. We lost. But come on. If I would have known that Zed Key was going to go out at the four-minute mark of the game, yeah, I probably wouldn't have made that bet. But that's gambling. You do all the work, all the research. You talk to the right people. You look at the market move, and then the ball goes in the air, and shit happens. But I just (laughs) – it makes me laugh. It doesn't happen as much as it used to because – My audience here on Chicken Dinner understands that we're going to win a lot and we're going to lose a lot. You just want to make good bets. You want to be on the right sides. Ohio State last night, Moneyline, was the right side. It lost. It happens. Nice pick. Which brings me to a realization that I helped bring a buddy to the other day. He was telling me about his betting style. And over the last couple of years, he's become a parlay guy. Nothing wrong with parlay guys. I know people that make two and three teamers that make decent money on it. But this guy makes the $10 seven and eight team teasers. So I said, point blank, in the last six months, how many of those do you think you've won? And he said, I don't know, five or six. So he's playing with a local bookie. He's not playing with an American book. He's not at, you know, WinBet or DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, Caesars, PointsBet, whatever. He's at a local. And the local is very specific with the accounting. Those of you that have locals, you know. You can go back four years at some of these shops and see what you did. Here's all the wagers, bang, bang, bang. Don't believe you can do that at an American book. So he went back into the history on the website, and we looked. He won five of these $10 parlays for about 2500 bucks. Not bad. All right, you do the math, 2500 divided by five, basically won about 500 a parlay. However, this is where you have to pay attention to what you're doing and what you're working with. Despite winning five parlays for 2500 he's still down almost 4 k Because all those $10 bets add up when they lose. We checked 650 $10 parlays. It's only 10 bucks. Yeah, when you lose 650 of them, that's $6,500. We are wired as gamblers to remember the wins and the big cashes. And that is why these sports books, they don't tweet out a box of losing parlays that they light on fire with fucking gasoline, what do they tweet? Wow, look at this $10 bet that made 800 That could be you. We literally went back and looked. Five parlays. Wow, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I've hit five parlays. Okay, well, the math has you 2500 up on those five wins. 
and you've lost 650 of them for minus 6,500. Win the 25, lose 65. Still down four stacks at the end of the day. And this is why parlays kill. Remember that Illinois sports books, I believe it was the entire calendar year of 2021, 44% of the profit in Illinois was from parlays? Parlays kill. Now, there's a mathematical way to get the right parlay. But if you're one of those people that thinks to yourself, wow, you know, I hit six out of seven or seven out of eight. I'm so close. I just gave you an example of Ohio State money line. That was the right bet, and it lost. You know how hard it is to win one game or one side, one total? You got to win seven out of seven. It's not almost impossible, but shit, it's close. So if you're a parlay person and you go through your history and you look at your bottom line and you're down, you need to shave off some legs. Go from seven teams to four teams. Centralize. What are the games you really, really like? And again, the, the, the battle cry is, well, I've, I've hit a couple of these. Okay, well, you've lost a whole lot more. You have to know your style and perfect your style. And accounting is everything. You have to know what you're up, what you're down, what you're good at, what you're not. And if you're down that much at $10 bets, $10 parlays rather, then we probably need to figure out what to change. But pay attention to what you're doing. Week 18 in the NFL. Still weird to say that out loud. Um, I put the Super Contest picks out on Nesson, uh, but I really like these. Jags, Seahawks, and then John Murray, I know, loves the Broncos. Um, I, I don't love getting involved in Week 18. And uh, Chris Andrews, I've said this line on the show multiple times, he told me a long time ago in Vegas, if you must win, you must not be that good. And there is some truth to that. Thing is, those two teams are in must-win spots, but they're playing teams that just aren't good. And you look at Jacksonville. I was talking with Kenny White, legendary Vegas odds maker. He has Jacksonville as the eighth highest power rated team right now in the NFL. Buffalo, Dallas, San Francisco, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philly, Los Angeles, Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's proven it on the field, too. They beat Baltimore with Lamar, beat Dallas, went on the road, beat the Jets, beat the Titans, and they're doing it thanks to an offense that's averaging almost 30 points a game over the last six games. Tennessee on quarterback three, Josh Dobbs. He's a practice squad guy. Offensive line mutilated by injuries. One of the worst in the league. And you would think Jacksonville is going to put eight, nine guys in the box against Derrick Henry. If the Titans are in trouble early, this is over. So if you can lay six with Jacksonville, I see some minus six, minus 105. I think that's the move. Another similar spot, Seattle has to win to keep the playoff dream alive. We saw the Seahawks get blasted from minus three earlier in the week all the way out to minus six. I don't love laying the worst of the number, but does Los Angeles even care? The Rams won a championship last year, and they followed it up with garbage. Now, yeah, you make excuses. Matt Stafford's hurt. Cooper Cup is hurt. The O-line can't block anybody. And Aaron Donald's been out of the lineup for about a month. It's also fair to wonder if Sean McVay's heart is still in it. We know... He's a wizard at head coach. But he thought about retirement last year after winning the Super Bowl. 
And rumors are starting to swirl again about him potentially exploring other opportunities after the curtain closes on Sunday. So Seattle, going to play hard for 60 minutes, win, and they've got a shot. Los Angeles is like, yo, when are we going to Tahiti? Off-season vacation, let's go. I don't love the number, but I love the situation. So, yeah, I'm on Jacksonville, Seattle, minus six. And John Murray from the Westgate was talking about this on Twitter. I do that weekly video with him at SP Shoot, and he was explaining to me that if Baltimore loses to Cincy at 1 o'clock Eastern Sunday, and Cincy's a 9-10 point favorite, the Chargers literally can't improve their seat. So why would the Chargers play anybody? So you're basically trying to get ahead of the curve here. And you're looking at this game like, wow, why is Denver laying three and a half? Well, I just told you. Assuming Cincinnati takes care of business, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, all those studs on offense, they're not going to play. Bosa, Khalil Mack, forget it. This team has bigger fish to fry. And what's Denver doing? Playing out the string for an interim coach. The team has actually played okay last couple of weeks. Discounting, of course, the game against the Rams when the Rams put up, what, 50? But if the Chargers don't care and the Broncos kind of do, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Now, I'm not going to play Denver, but I know Murray has seen a lot of sharp play from 2.5 to 3 up to 3.5. And And, um, I do, like I was looking at Chicago team total, 17. How are they going to score without Justin Fields? If I had to basically explain what Justin Fields was for somebody who's never seen him play, I would say this. He's the brains, the blood, and the heartbeat of Chicago's offense. Big plays, making something out of nothing, arm, legs, everything. Okay, he's out. Why would you play him? Solidify the number two pick. Maybe you get lucky. Bears lose. Texans win. We got something going on here. But, yeah, you got to keep Fields out of the game. Chicago should be more concerned with securing a top two pick than risking Fields' health. So with Nathan Peterman at quarterback, one of the worst offensive lines in the league, you remove the running threat that Fields brings to the table. How does Chicago crack 17? So I wrote this for Fox, under 17 points, minus 110. I thought the under in the game was solid, but what if Minnesota wins 38-7? to That's going to be over 42.5-43. So not going to overthink that one. Just go under on Chicago. Um. I didn't think this was going to be that personal, but it is now because you know TCU fans are still tweeting shit at me and sending threats and all this stuff. I want them to lose by a million points right now. And when you really think about it, like Michigan had everything go wrong in that game. Two times inside the two-yard line, you leave with no points. Quarterback throws two pick sixes. A touchdown gets called back. TCU still almost lost that game. Well, Georgia is just Michigan on steroids with more speed, more skill, more NFL talent. This game reminds me a lot of the 2013 national title game. Alabama, Notre Dame, oh, my God, look at this underdog. They've counted them out all year long, and then at halftime it's 28 to nothing. Remember they caught Alabama lineman Barrett Jones coming off the field? He was saying, they signed up for four quarters. That game was a total mismatch and a blowout. 42-14, Alabama. 
I wouldn't be surprised. I think TCU is going to struggle to move the ball against that spread defense. But really, I want this guy on Twitter that said, the more I read shit like this is the more I believe I'd never take betting advice from you, you faulty fuck. Okay. I'm like, dude, you spent the entire night after your team won a national semifinal tweeting derogatory comments at strangers. On New Year's Eve, that's where you're at in life. It wasn't just me. He tweeted it like 75 people on New Year's Eve. Fuck you. You don't know anything. And then he reminded me that I had a losing season because I picked against TCU. Is it a little personal for me? Yeah. I want this team to get shut out. I think they're overrated, but now it's personal. Don't do any research. That's right. Never do any research. That's my thing. One more quick story before we get to the guys from the 108. I'm going to just read the headline for you. This is from Sports Handle. Nation's first strip club sportsbook set to open in D.C. The adult entertainment venue will include a rooftop lounge catering to betters. Cloakroom Gentlemen's Club plans to launch its retail sportsbook while touting itself as the first sportsbook inside a strip club in the U.S. They are hopeful for a retail future. I just don't know, like... I'm not a strip club guy to begin with, and those that are friends with me know that. Like, I kind of like, eh, no, nah, I'm okay. I just, it's not my type of thing. I'd rather sit at a dive bar and, and do shots of whiskey. Um, but I, apparently this is a thing now. 15 new jobs created in D.C. offering customers a chance to parlay an evening of enjoying a meal and beverage in the over-under lounge while wagering on their favorite team and to top it off with a celebration within the award-winning Cloakroom Gentlemen's Club. All right. Hey, if that's your jam, go for it. I also saw the uh, post that the Cloakroom put on their website. We are hiring a lovely and charismatic female sportsbook cashier and hostess. Don't know how you... Quantify that, but hey, good for them. You can go to the sports book in the strip club and leave with no money. Perfect. Welcome back. We're at the pool table. Last time I was here, I couldn't walk. It's the boys from the 108, the drunk uncles of White Sox. Twitter, Teresa E, B Flow. Oh, what's up, Sammy? So I know it's going good. Because you said we're here at the pool table, which this is absolutely not a pool table. Poker <laughs> table, yeah. Again, which explains a lot, I guess. So before we do anything else, I texted you guys this morning, made the drive in from Boston, 15 hours. I do the halfway. I do Buffalo and then come back to Chicago. And I texted you this morning when I woke up, just a smiley face emoji. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get the juices flowing here. And then you respond, Terezi, with your... World Cup bet this morning. I mean, baby, the corners have been amazing. What was the bet? So, so it was over eight and a half corners on the on the third place game. <laughs> half the time, I don't even know the teams. <laughs> so you know, you, you had a guy on last week talking about uh, top down uh, betting, which we called Arbing back in the day. Yeah, Arbing. Uh, it's that's closer Chasing steam or whatever. That's closer to Arby's, so I've always preferred it. <laughs> uh, right. Most delicious food on earth. No free ads, but, you know, I got to give them one. Uh, but, yeah, so this World Cup, I was like, I, I told Beef, I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at the markets and see if any ARBs pop. Because I remember World Cup back in the day was a moneymaker. Like, you could always yeah. find ARBs 
on the World Cup. I can remember way back in the day when, when Bet Online had first come back. After it had been kind of a scam book, someone put some money into it, and then it was like they didn't really have their act together yet. And I can remember getting up early, betting everything. I, I forget what year this is, like 2010-ish. Then I would go to work, and all I would do at work is sweat the score. I would do. I wouldn't do a goddamn journal entry at work. I would just be sweating whatever my bet was. My bets were all throughout the day. It was tremendous. So, so at the beginning, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take a look and see what we got." In like the first set of games, I had a corners bet in every game, and I was like, "Beef, this is where it's gonna be. There's gonna be corners bets every game." And this is this is how much I know about watching soccer and betting on it is that like. I was like, I got these corner bets, and uh, I watched the game, but I didn't, I didn't watch it close enough or keep count or anything. So I was like, <laughs> Are you tallying sharpies on your forearm? How do you keep track? <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not keeping track. He's so like, like, one, so he's got two, on his <laughs> three. So after the game, I'm like, Well, let me just go find the stats of the game, and I'll, I'll look and see if uh, see how I did. Yeah. I couldn't even find where you look for corner kicks, <laughs> and so yes. I was like, I'm like, like. I wonder if I'll just check if I won. Just, <laughs> just so, like bad accounting to just uh, assume that yes, the, uh, the I bookmaker mean, was correct. Right. I mean, like that's that's the thing. It's like I, I hope the uh, I hope the bookmakers are being honest these days. I'm I'm all on shore now, so hopefully that they're at least honest. I doubt it. You had over <laughs> eight and a half corner kicks, and they landed on nine. Nine, baby. <laughs> you love it when it gets right oh, there. Oh my just god, right there for you. It's beautiful, beautiful. I was. I, and you you messaged me and you're like, did we make it? I had no idea. Because again, I don't know how to trend this. I was I was out at breakfast, and I was like I was like, oh shit, I gotta look. How this are your up. pancakes, babe? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking cinnamon roll got way better after that. I'm sure. Nine corner kicks. Congrats to you. Um, before we get to the place I just brought you to, my mecca, I want to hear about. You guys went to Vegas recently. Oh yeah. And I think the question to be asked is and. Let's start with you, Beef. How much different is a Vegas trip now than it was 10 years ago for you? Oh, I mean, miles different. I mean, uh, you know, well, the trips vary depending on who's with me on the trip. In the old days, when it was just Treasy and I, we would get ourselves a crappy room downtown, and we would gamble 18 hours a day. And that would be, like, the whole thing. We might stop to eat. We would drink and, and gamble the entire time. When we have our wives with us, that's different. We want to do some nice dinners. We want to kind of do some occasions. We didn't do any shows this time, although we did go on the high roller. I'm generally uh, scared shitless of heights, but I actually had a great time on the high roller. I, I liked being yeah, that, that, cool. that far up and kind the of bar cart it. one. You got to be on the bar cart. <laughs> that's, yeah, oh, that's the, the thing cart. that that's you get on Ferris by wheel. the link. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the Navy Pier Ferris wheel, only it's a, it looks like a Star Wars orb. Yes. And there's yeah. a bar on it, and you go around for 45 minutes. So there's only a few cars that have a bar, but we we got into that bar cart, yeah. and like so, we're waiting like for 30 minutes for one of these bar ones to come by. We get in it, and the guy, the bartender, gets in there, and he just goes, "All right, guys, you can double fist until you leave, but don't get me in trouble and leave <laughs> with two <laughs> drinks in your hand." And Sam, it's like an old school all you can drink. But it's 30 minutes ticking down the clock. You know, in the old days, someone would rent a bar and do two or three hours, and it was like whatever you can get your hands on. That's what this was. And so we were smart. We got up there first, and we bombed the tips, and we were able to get seven or eight drinks in on in the 30-minute, 30 30 which, yeah. was, which was nice. It That's brought nice me back pull. that day. It brought me back that day. <laughs> revived you. But to, to back to your point on how, how it's different, I mean, uh, table limits have skyrocketed. Uh, the, the games are far worse. Like the blackjack oh. games, you could find – Good blackjack games all up and down the strip for reasonable prices. 
I was lucky to find one at Bellagio in the morning on like a Saturday for a quarter. That was real three to two blackjack. Twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. Three to two, and it was a six deck or eight. Saturday deck or at like nine morning. Yeah, nine I mean, morning. It flipped I, over. It flipped over fifty bucks. I was gonna while say I by, was the, by the time I got to you, I was like, I might sit down, and I was like, ah, oh, it's a fifty dollar table. Man. If you want to go out in the evening, you know the the Caesars properties really don't even have very much blackjack. Caesars does, but the other ones kind of don't. They're not real blackjack. They got all six to five bullshit. And then uh, you know you can find them at the the MGM properties, but they get expensive. Like when we were coming through Win at night for dinner. We were looking at $200, $500 limits for a regular oh, blackjack yeah. game. It's like no one wants to deal those games. The crap games are the, starting to come back. What, well, that's nice but, to see. But now they're starting in on this crapless craps bullshit. So you got to pick <laughs> the right table because the crapless craps is terrible. Yeah. And then you go to the roulette table and they got the triple zero. Now, as much the triple zero, as yeah. much as I love the three titty lady from Total Recall, I don't like the three zeros. Like that's that's bullshit. Wait, yeah. what's the triple zero? I so, know a so single zero and a double zero. There's now a third one. So there's like yes. it's zero, double zero, triple zero on the on the roulette table. Fuck that. It's, so, it's gone, it's so the house insane. edge has gone up from five and a quarter to seven point eight. Just by adding that other zero, it's ridiculous. Like walking past the table and seeing that the triple zero hit is soul crushing. But in my wait, opinion. green? Well, no, someone... green's more fun now. <laughs> seeing, <laughs> seeing someone with money on the triple zero made me want to strangle the person. What's wrong with you? Awful. You're part of the problem. <laughs> I want to go to a text message here from December 9th, two thirty-two p.m. I don't know if this is Central or Eastern. Okay. Nor does it matter. From Terezi to the group with the three of us. 90 miles from Vegas with beef. What's the play when we land? The response from me is incarnate word over 77 tomorrow. Terezi's response, going to have to go to El Cortez to bet that shit. <laughs> what was the final score? Do you remember the final score? It was in the it, 90s. It was, like, it was, like, it was like, no, over 100. Over right? nine, it, was, it was 69 to 66. <laughs> when I checked it, it was like 90. It was like a total of 90-something. It was still like in the third quarter. I'm like, oh, man, we should have found a spot to get it, it was It was football on cocaine. We, we went down. So we, we stayed at the link. Yes. And first time staying at the yeah, lake. I was like, oh, let's try it out. Let's yeah. check it out. I, I gotta admit, it was, I, I I liked it there, but the sports book, horrible, not great, just horrible. And so I <laughs> I went down on Sunday, like oh, I'm just gonna lay maybe a bet or two on the NFL. I go down there about 11 a.m. So I got an hour before the game, and so their book is like one dude in a, a little table, and it's on a, it's in a weird spot. So it's the line is outrageous. And then they got kiosks. They've learned nothing. They've learned nothing from grocery stores. You gotta have an attendant by the kiosk. There is motherfuckers that look like like Zoolander, where they're just like banging on the screen of this thing. I'm just like, dude, you gotta put money in there. And see, so like this this is how the transactions always worked. I don't know what you're doing. And so like I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, and and my wife is coming down to to get breakfast, and she's like texting me like, "Hey, I'm over by the breakfast spot." I'm like, "I'm going to have to like knock some. I'm gonna like have to rip someone out of the phone booth like in trading places and, and, and <laughs> to get, to get down." <laughs> and it's all just a bet, like a Vikings Lions over. Like that's, I'm just I'm ready to murder four people because because people don't know how to use them. It's machines. ridiculous though because they're so easy to use. They I are. stepped up there and used the cast. It's like, oh, this took two seconds. Like, this is this is great, a great invention. They should have these all over the place. They know? should just have one person over there in case. In case the three of them get lined up with people who are like, I don't know what computers are. I've had a bad time, though, in Mass because it's still not legal there in Massachusetts. So if I want to make right. a bet, Unreal. I drive 45 minutes to Rhode Island, 
if I need FanDuel, I got to drive an hour 30 to Connecticut, you Holy know, moly. because we're still not in well, well, that What happened state. there, Sam? I thought it was it was in, but it's just not – hasn't been integrated yet? Or Allegedly, the- you can bet at the counter in January. Okay. And then the mobile goes live in March-ish because okay. same thing as Illinois. I remember Illinois went live in March of 2020, and they boxed out DraftKings and FanDuel. Yep. The ruling was unless you were anchored – to a casino, you couldn't now get down. Are you going to have to do the same bullshit of like you got to go to the casino and register? No, that's only JB Pritzker. Okay. That, COVID that goofy stuff. That was so. He weird. owns the bricks that go through the buildings and the riots, all that stuff. That no, was so that weird. which which is crazy. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I just saw this a week ago in the Sun Times. I still read the Sun Times and Trib. I try to do it three times a week, but Illinois just crossed through the billion dollar handle mark for October. And I call my guy who, you know, is in the government here, and I said, well, how did they finally get to a billion? Two things. One, they started taking college bets. Oh, the local college. The local, Illinois, yeah. Loyola, DePaul, whatever. You yeah. still, I think, have, there are still some stipulations there. You can't bet props. There are a couple of still, you know, semantic things. But the second thing was you no longer have to finish your registration at said casino. So for DraftKings, you no longer have to drive to, I believe, East St. Louis. Right. And for FanDuel, <laughs> you no longer have to drive to Collinsville, which is three and a half hours down I-57. And and honestly, to, to, to like, pile onto that, I doubled the amount of books that I was playing at the day that they – Reallowed it. Good. Because it was like, yeah, I want to get money at these places. And I think they did it right around the the tournament, uh, the NCAA tournament. I think that's when they did it because I got in at a couple books who had the, you know, the thousand dollar free bet. Right. And that and for, you know, if, if anyone's like signing up for a book right now, this is what I like to do. I'm not telling you it's a good play. This is just what I like to do. It's kind of fun. You wait for something like that, like a tournament or for like the a playoffs to come around world cup would have been a good one and you bet a future right at the beginning on you know and not not necessarily the lowest one but you know somewhere that you could like a team you think could win like last year i think it was it was houston that i bet in the the tourney and you you go like i got 20 to 1 that's a twenty thousand dollar win if they get there but you could hedge it out as you go right. you know so that's for me that's a good way to watch the tournament because I'm not that close enough college basketball. I know that it exists, and uh, that's about as close as I am. So I like that, and the fact that there was a bunch of books that all of a sudden became available, I loved it. I was all over it. It's going to happen in mass, too, and I can't wait. I have buddies who are texting me like, hey, we need to sign up for this, and the follow-up to that is we're going to put in 5000 per book, get all the bonuses, the $500, the $1,000 free bets, risk-free, Because, you know, it's crazy to me still that the average better doesn't understand they need to get multiple books. They think they can sign up at one out, and that's it. Tell this tell this guy. <laughs> and yell, yell at me. Well, I've, I've just been lazy. I, I'm, the, I'm the biggest proponent ever when we but were doing this But in bowl season, for example, bowl season, you get a favorite three here, three and a half there, four yeah. there, four and a half there. And if you're going to lay the points, why would you lay four and a half when you could lay three and vice versa? Why would you take three when you could take four and a half? It's the same situation. You're betting into a book, right. but they all have different numbers. I, I would say that's to, the dream. If you're if you're if you're someone, who, your who's, your dick just moved when I said that. <laughs> oh man, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. 
<laughs> I, I almost pulled out I the saw it. I almost <laughs> pulled out the it's app. Rose like a phoenix. You're excited like they still even let you bet a dime in any of these places. They do not. <laughs> but, <laughs> a dime? <laughs> we tried to bet $100 last week on the Buffalo Sabres to make the playoffs. Cause, and I can't do it in mass, so I have to make right. a phone call to Colorado or Nevada. or Well, not Nevada because they don't have FanDuel, DraftKings, points, but all that. So right. I make a call. My guy who gets down in Colorado, I go, hey, we want about 100 on this at 11-1. To win eleven hundred, yeah, and he's like, "All right, let's see what they take." Pause, <laughs> pause, because the wheels are spinning. The wheel. <laughs> and he just says to me, "Fuck, <laughs> what? They're taking eleven dollars." Yes. Oh my god. Yes. In a market risk management, <laughs> middle of December to make the playoffs, eleven to one. It's a long shot. They still won't take $100. Sam, with interest rates right now, they should take your money because they should earn on you while you're waiting for this. Yes. This is months away. Like I never understood the like being scared on futures. You're going to make money on this while you hold on to my money. I, I don't get any of that at all. Exactly. And it, it, what, what made it move for me is you know, if, if, you, if you're someone who bets FCS, which I didn't know that that was a thing uh, until like a couple years ago, uh, if you bet the, that, those college games, yeah. And you go to these different books; they all have a different price. So whatever you like, you get you get the best price somewhere. Like you just like you just shop around and like, oh, I like this team. I can get it a, a point and a half more over here, for no particular reason. Just that these are all tiny markets that are all going to move differently because there's no there's no big money going on any of these small like teams. Right. It's all over at the big, you know, if you oh, go to, look, not let you bet a, lot you go either, to a bookmaker still. or a penny or something, you know, you're going to see the, the lines move there. Those are more accurate, but you could find whatever, whatever you want. On, right. on FCS. I'm going to throw this back at you because I didn't see your dick move, but I, you did sit up <laughs> in your chair. When I say that out loud to you, three, three and a half, four, four and a half, where does your brain go when I give you all those different options? G- give me all the half points I get to. So like, and <laughs> give me the three and the, the four. The, <laughs> Let me get in the middle. <laughs> the, the valuable points, right? And like you think about, so you think about football, and this is actually an interesting thing with, with these books too, is you see a lot of, uh, a lot of them have teasers now and their teaser prices. I, if, you, if you're a teaser better, just fucking avoid it because the, the valuable points, you know, you're talking in football like your threes and your sevens, right? So going from a two and a half to an eight and a half with a teaser, back in the day, those were valuable because you could get a plus 180 on a three-team teaser, things like that. DraftKings still gives 160. plus 160. 160. They're Not the best. Bad. They're Not the bad. Not bad. You have to really find some good ones because the problem now is the NFL is trending towards higher totals. So those, those half points are becoming less and less valuable. And so the Wong teasers are, are kind of, I don't want to say they're outdated, but with the prices that you could still get, they're, they're rarely valuable. You have to find some low-scoring games, which is tough now, and that, that are still on the 2.5 or the 7.5. Yeah, teasing 2.5 to 8.5 is much more valuable in a game totaled at 41 than it is at 51, and those totals have risen over the last yeah. decade. Which is why you got to mix in a Big Ten now. Oh so you can God. mix in some Big Ten games. Iowa, Minnesota, <laughs> right. 33 and a half. I want to get back to something you said, though, Sammy, because I'm seeing a little bit on Twitter. I'm not betting as much as I used to bet, but I see reactions from people who are betting and people getting very upset doing live betting at the, the spinning, the, the wheel, right? They get, and I remember in the old days with when we would bet second halves, especially college football or NFL second halves, th- that's a great spot for the book to be able to angle shoot you. You bet. You got twelve minute window here to bet on this. If you get a good price, 
they can sit there for 30, 45 seconds, watch it. If it stays a good price, they can change the price and move it over to whatever they want and say, I'll offer you the bet again. If it turns to a bad price, the market moves against you. Oh, you got they that They can bet. accept the bet, exactly. And so people are starting to realize that with some of the live betting, like, you are susceptible to that. Depends on, you know, the uh, kind of the, whoever's uh, choice it is at the time. So it is a, you know, it's a risky proposition in some cases. You know what it is? It's it's all those past posters like you used to be that ruined it for everybody forever. <laughs> getting getting, this, of, getting the Carlos Sombrano strikeout total after you already watched him walk out of the game on TV. <laughs> it's the fifth inning. I like the over. <laughs> oh, I, I, lo- I love sportsbook.com. <laughs> I <miss them. laughs> Can we discuss where I just brought you, the Mecca, where I used to bartend, south side of Chicago, PhD, Roosevelt and Halstead. He says, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. So so you you message and you're like, hey, you you post just a picture of your drink on, on a table. It was a Boilermaker. And, and uh, yeah, I, hey, I wasn't trying to dismiss how hard you said how, it was a drink. It was a drink and a shot <laughs> and, uh, at 1230. <laughs> and I was like, that that looks familiar. So I was like, hey, where are you at, man? And he's, he's, you said PhD. And I'm like, man, I live pretty close to there. So like, I, I'm like, I'll meet you up in a little bit. So like towards the end of the, like, I'm watching the Vikings uh, Colts game. This is where, when we're recording. And, and that game's a blowout. And I'm like, 30 yeah. nothing. It was, yeah, it was like, yeah. yeah, it was like 30 nothing. And I'm sitting at home and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to wait a little bit. Before, like, there's no point going over for, for this game. <laughs> and uh, then it got close. And so at, at, Probably about five minutes left. I, I messaged Sammy. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop over, man. I'll be over in like five minutes. Walk down there, walk in. He's like, we're in the back. I'm like, okay, okay. Now, beef, you know me. I'm not a guy who sees color, right? No. However, <laughs> no, absolutely not. However, when Sammy is the only white dude at a table of like ten black dudes smoking cigars, <laughs> I like look in and I'm like, wait, am I in the right place? And then I see Sammy pop pop his head. I'm like, oh yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> But he did the double eyebrow raise, like, hey. <laughs> well, I walked, I walked in, and everyone kind of turned, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> the music stopped. <laughs> and I was like, I'm with this asshole. And they're like, that, that didn't help, though. They don't like you. <laughs> you would never expect to walk into the back of a bar, and I'm in there sitting in the corner at the head of a table with nine other black guys. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I was not expecting. I mean, like, and that's, that's kind of weird because, like, where I live, I mean, like that is a totally expectable thing, right? Like so, sure. but like it was, it was one of those things where I was like, I walked in and like because you were in the corner, I was like, wait a second, am I in the right spot? Like, is there a different PhD lounge? <laughs> is this guy in the suburbs somewhere <laughs> fucking with me? That's why in Boston people are like, oh, where are you from? Chicago. Oh, Naperville's so nice. <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> no. Um. I was told to ask you a question, so let me volley something your way, Beef, because okay. you guys see all the time, you know, the biggest thing I get on Twitter is, why do you always deal with the haters? You know, people that live in my mentions and DMs, they deserve to get their cake, right? Yeah. I, I, I have the right, when you talk shit every day to me, every bet I lose, you chirp, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, I have the right to, when you look stupid, to go back at you. Of course. I hear this may happen to you at times <laughs> during the 108 tournament season or maybe the, the seeding of said tournaments. Yeah, so when we're putting together that field there, you know, like a lot of the onus is on me. I'm putting together all the names and kind of materially doing 
also, the choices. So to step it back for a second, for, yeah. for those of you who don't know, so every year, uh, usually like around March, right, right before the MLB season starts, we have a tournament on Twitter. So the, from the 108 sponsors a tournament, and it is not teams of any sort. It is Twitter accounts in White Sox Twitter that will battle against each other to get to the next round. And it's all Twitter polls. So yes. bots and all. Right, right, exactly. It's basically a popularity contest, but people make content. They'll get cameos from famous people. They'll do whatever they can to kind of pump themselves up when they get in the tournament. It's a big deal for people getting in this tournament because they add a lot of followers. And there's like a, I mean, it's hilarious, but there's a lot of clout to being in here, right? There's a lot of, oh, you you were one of the, uh, you know, 100, how, whatever it was, 20 people selected or something like that. The night after the selection show, we'll do a selection show three hours uh, Treasy and I and, and our, our, our partner my sex, someone will get shit faced. Who? My- <laughs> <laughs> the beloved. Uh, and after the show, my DMs will be loaded with people. What the fuck, beef? Why ain't I in the tournament? And and the the clapbacks on Twitter, people yelling at me that they're gonna and, and people unfollowing people like, oh fuck this tournament. This tournament sucks. Unfollows like blocks, all <laughs> kinds of stuff. And and. I, I even had someone, I, I mentioned on a 108 podcast recently, I had someone that I've followed for a long time, mutual follow. It's not anywhere I know them personally, just know them from Twitter. They've always been really cool and funny and everything. And uh, one year, they, they did like an 18-tweet tirade about how fucking stupid the 108 attorney is. And I told these guys recently, I saw the person put up uh, a GoFundMe. They were, they were hurting a little bit for dough. And I was like, man, I had to, I, I didn't do, I didn't, Hit them on that, but I I told these guys I'm like, couldn't donate. Sorry, you talked shit two years ago. You, you can't have any Uncle Beef's money, man. I'm sorry about that. Okay, and they verified that it was legitimate. And I had someone DM me after that and say, Beef, the best way to do it would have been to give them exactly one dollar and tell them thank you for your support of the 108 Turning. <laughs> All that said, like this is a very personal issue for me because most of my audience feels the ability to be able to message me i'm very you know outgoing you guys have yep. party with me drank with me like i get along with most people i have people that go back two three years slide in the dms hey i have this ticket what should i do i have this number what should i do and my goal for the last six years, that's why Ostrowski and I started Chicken Dinner, was to help people make money or maximize their money. Sure. Yep. And when it fucks me up is when you get somebody who has followed you and messaged you for years, you go cold, which is inevitable. You know, yeah, I mean, yep. I have losing weeks all the time. I have losing months from time to time. You go cold. They go on tilt. They go down. And then it's fucking my fault. And then they turn on me yeah. in the mentions like, oh, this pick, you're a pussy. Nice fucking pick. <laughs> and then I go, I'm like. A single bet? Like, and then the, <laughs> the first thing I do is I scroll up. It's one thing if it's a new message. Yeah. But if I scroll up in December of 22 and see that you messaged me in January of 18 to ask me about this. Then we got a problem because I've been nothing but friendly to you right. and nothing yeah. but kind to you. And giving and then you free you advice, turn basically. On me. Right. Yeah, you, and, and then like <laughs> you think all of a sudden we're peers and you can just flip on me? Like, that fucks me up. Like, And I know I shouldn't care about that, 
but I do because I feel like I have wasted. And when I scroll and it takes me eight minutes to get to the top of the thread and then you tell me that I'm a cocksucker, then then I am just like... Yeah, no matter how true it is, I agree. It's completely yeah, well, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. And, you know, it's, it's one you of feel me, though? Yes. Yeah, I do, because it's one of those things. Like, you, you know, what, Gambling what we, is what, different than White Sox Twitter. It uh, just way is. Different. Way, 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 way different. Way, way, way different. Back in the day but, when I was coming up in the, in the threads of 2 plus 2 in the gambling uh, forum there, and I was meeting people and, and making some connections and, and, and learning how to do this, basically. When, when we were doing it seriously, Treasy, people would come in there all the time asking for basically free advice. Free like, here, how do I beat all these books? You're giving away stuff that in, th- in that group... We would have said, shut the fuck up. Don't tell anyone any of that. Exactly. Don't let them know a single thing. Now, you're not giving away the whole store or anything, but you're giving away enough where that's a lot of value to the average better out there. My personal opinion from all years doing it. Right. Like, you think about it. So, like, you know, we're out here building a community, right? Like, that's that's more what we're doing. And, you know, there's there's obviously value to that, and we, we feel there is. But, like, there's actual monetary value to the advice you're giving, right? Like, so you're, you're handing someone... You know, and if they if they take the advice to heart, if they look into it, if they if they use that information and build on it, you're giving them thousands of dollars of information, right. and like, the, and then they're going like, "Hey, this guy that just gave me a couple thousand dollars, fuck that guy." <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's... It's wild. <laughs> the craziest part to me is that now we get in the Telegram stuff, and I've you know I and you heard me on the phone earlier. Like I work with some of the heaviest hitters in the game, and I have never. Let me fall on the sword here. I have never admitted to be a professional better because I don't want to live that life. I don't risk that amount of money, but I deal with a lot of people that will have 40, 50 grand on a bowl game. And the information that I get goes to them. And then the line moves three to seven, four to nine, whatever. Right. And <laughs> it cracks me up because we started this telegram, my buddies and I in Vegas, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff you guys, I think, are in the threads. Yes, I am. We I, sure am. I love watching yeah. the emojis that come along with the bets. <laughs> I was going to say, when a bet comes, I try to get on yeah. it. Yeah. The quarterback information comes out, and again, we don't say what it is. It's, hey, bet team A minus four. The line moves to seven. The quarterback is ruled out. The line moves to ten. Guess what, though? Just because it moved from four to ten doesn't mean it's going to win. There will be times when the dog will win outright, and then it's like, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I told him earlier as I drove him over here from the Mecca, I said, look, if I were to tell you that I'm going to give you ten bets and they will all move six points in college football – would you be okay with that? I thought he was going to slap me. Yeah, it's a, po- a probability spectrum, right? That's not a foolproof plan, but it's you're not getting that anywhere else. It's just not happening. Treasy and I, had, we had a good laugh uh, on you, Sammy, with the telegram thing because we were like, wouldn't it be hilarious if Sammy's just setting up this telegram thing so he could tell his people to bet, they'll move the line for him and then it bets back the other side. <laughs> I was like, that'd be, that'd be the way we would do it if the, we did it. The first bet that came out, I thought that immediately. And I was oh, like, the one, oh, uh, we went I, under 57 and there were a was, million points scored. It was, it was something like that. And I was like, oh, man. North I, Carolina, App State, yes, under 57. Yes. And I, like after that game, that's when I, I told Beef, I was like, I think, I think Sammy's just doing this to get better lines for himself. <laughs> we found <laughs> out that North Carolina's number one receiver and number one running back were both out, which, again, plays into the conversation how much our receivers and running backs were. So I think what we've realized, and my guys in Vegas said this to me after about week three, look, the only thing that matters in college football is the quarterback. 
Yeah. It's the only thing that matters because running backs, like, all right, Beef Loaf is a five-star running back from the south side of Chicago. He blows his knee out. Guess what? They bring in another four-star from Munster, Indiana, and he's just as good. But quarterbacks in college, if you can get the quarterback information, you are literally light years ahead of everybody. Oh, I can imagine. I believe it. I yeah. mean, like, I, totally. I just remember back in the day betting games, and, like, if, if a quarterback was ruled out, like, you would see lines fly in the, the opposite direction. You know, NFL especially is like a running back gets ruled out, and it's like, all right, well, they got four more guys that are, you know, kind of good. Say, def- there's defensive players that are more important. But the line is more important out. than the running back in the NFL. For the sure. The line yes. is oh, way yeah. more oh, yeah. important. important. Yes. Like, I Absolutely. was talking to guys a couple of years ago when I moved out to Vegas, guys at the South Point and Westgate Circa, and they said, look, the left tackle is worth more than the running back. Oh, yeah. I- and the center and the running back are about the same. That's wild. I thought, wait a minute. With the center, he said, look, he's in charge of the rhythm and the pace of the entire offense. I, say, look, I never thought about it that look way. Look how they get paid. Look how the people get paid. The running backs don't get paid in general anymore, right? So it kind of makes sense in a way, right? The left tackles get paid a, a fortune, right? It, it kind of makes sense uh, from that perspective. Yeah, you're a running back that holds out. The team is like, good, good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the guy we just strapped in the six rounds filling in your spot. No problem. <laughs> have you guys enjoyed Justin Fields here? I mean, the, the overs have enjoyed them. Nine and four this year. They are the best over team in the league with the Eagles. They're both yeah. nine and four to the over, and they play this Sunday. But yeah. have you enjoyed? I I like watching them. So that's the thing. I mean, like, he's a freak of nature, right? I mean, like, it's so it's a it's part being starved for a good quarterback. And then seeing someone who can do all the things he can. And <laughs> I was laughing. Our, our buddy, uh, Polish with Extra Onions, sent us one day some guy. I guess this was supposed to be a negative tweet. He's like, he's like, ah, this guy's just another Randall Cunningham. He's not going to last any time in the league. And I'm like, Randall Cunningham played for like 15 years. <laughs> and he was awesome. He was great. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'll take that. I, I, I don't know why, why you think that's bad. Chicago, Philly, and Detroit are 9-4 and four to the over this year, the three best teams. Uh, because you're the numbers guy, Beef, can you guess the worst or maybe one of the worst three under teams this year? Or so, be- I guess best under teams. What are, one of the best under teams. Oh, that's, that's, that's good. You so know I'll, the I'll, answer. I'll say, uh, I'll say the New York Jets. No, five and eight to the under. No, Where no. are the Patriots at on this list? <laughs> five and eight to the under. Okay. Surprising. Oh wow! Which major quarterback just got traded from his team to a different team? They play in a cold weather city. Wait, so is this the is the Broncos? Uh, on Broncos the... are the worst. That makes sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, let me, had, let me had phrase had this like the, the right way. Five Broncos games. are always an arb too. Anytime I look, I never really look for ours. But every time I look, I'm like, oh, I got Broncos plus ten or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the Broncos are two and eleven. To the under. Well, wait, <laughs> so well two and eleven said. to the over, I guess. So they're eleven yeah. and two to the under. They are yeah. the worst over team in the NFL. Denver is two and eleven. Buffalo is three and ten. Oh, Tampa sense. is three and ten. And I sense. still find myself though, like this is how sick my brain is, and I don't know how you guys are because you're more you're more mathematical than I am, but I'm more feel than math, and I'll see a Denver total like thirty five and a half and go, eh, it's too low. And the game will land seventeen six. Yeah. So, so that's so that's that's a funny thing. So you had a a, a show the other day where you're talking like we were ta- I mentioned earlier. You're talking to a guy who was also a top down, uh, better. 
And so he was talking about how he would use that to kind of reinforce his intuition on a game. I'm the exact opposite. I use that as the guy who was betting that at like Pinnacle or Bookmaker knows a shitload more than I do. <laughs> I know I'm an idiot. So <laughs> when I see that, well, Detroit's Detroit's a favorite today, and uh, everyone, you know, and and I could find them plus one somewhere. Well, I'm betting it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think that. the Lions are one of the worst franchises in NFL history. So like I. I just don't care. Like I, I don't, I, I don't think of myself enough to think to like I know better. Yeah, the arbitrage opportunities there, take it. That that's the way we always were. And any anything that was plus value, we didn't care what our actual opinion was on the game. We were we were hitting it. And that's how you end up betting like the weirdest markets too. Because I remember a beef. I remember you betting like you you were messaging me one time. This is you know this is fifteen years ago. Messaging me like I got this guy in tennis. He's like plus. 5,000 today. <laughs> and, and this is before we knew that tennis was like one of the most fixed sports <laughs> on the, totally on the earth. And, uh, and I was like, oh, someone must know something. <laughs> the guy, and I, I don't think he won, but I think he took it like to, to more sets than he should have. Right. Or like, you know, like there's been times where like, and this is where maybe you cross over from, you know, like I'm an advantage player to I'm also a degenerate is like Christmas morning. And it's like the only thing up is the Israeli basketball league. And you're like, All right, I'm betting it. The, the line looks good. You know, the what? arm is there. $100 limits. Fuck it. We're in. <laughs> Which leads me into my next point of conversation. There's a difference between betting and gambling. So when I say that, I'll let you both take – I'm going to just volley this thing in the middle of the table, the poker table, not the pool table. There's a (laughs) difference between betting and gambling. What do I mean by that? So, I mean, there's there's a difference between putting your money out there on something that you want to see happen and you're just rooting for that game, you're watching the game, versus I'm putting in the money good, right? Like, I I have an edge here, and that's the reason that I'm on this. And – to me, the difference has always been emotion. Like, for example, a good example, just in Vegas, right? I, I hit that uh, Lions-Vikings yeah. uh, game we talked about. And then I was like, beef, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take this ticket. I'm going to put it. I, I think the Dolphins are going to beat the shit out of the Chargers tonight. No <laughs> you edge. You had an edge, but no, you have no, no edge no, now. No edge. No edge. That's gone. And yes. I, just put it on, I just put it on the Dolphins. I'm going oh, to bet this. I think they're going <laughs> to win. Right. I don't know how much I lost at the tables that weekend. I don't know how much I, I would have lost or won doing ARBs all weekend. But, like, that was the maddest thing I was about. I, I, like, and I lost maybe, like, 200 bucks. Like, and, and, and I was just like, I can't believe I bet the fucking Dolphins. Yeah, gambling is us uh, sidling up to the craps table trying to get free drinks and hooting and hollering for our dice. That's gambling, in my opinion. It's my Kevin Spacey line. You weren't counting, you were gambling. You were gambling, yes. You were, you were taking, uh, like, like Teresa said it's emotion, but it's taking more risks than is appropriate in the situation right. in general, you know? And betting is when you wait for the Super Bowl to come up and you start reviewing props and you find the farthest off market props and just bet those. For, and that's that's your basket of, of value for the, for the game. That, I mean, that's... That's, that's batting right that, there. That's always about the, the Super Bowl is a great example, Beef, of where, like, we've always just bet like, we don't know what these, these markets are going to be. So, like, betting the props is just, you yeah. know, like, if you're just out there betting the props or gambling on the props, I should say, like, there's no way you know what's going to happen. 
but you know, if you, if you're betting the lines uh, based on, you know, what, where the markets are moving and things like that, you end up with a ton of stuff going yeah, into that. Right. And so like, I've, I've had people over for the, the Super Bowl a bunch of times and I'll have like a sheet of paper with all of my prop bets on there. And I, I, sh I shit you not, someone sees that and they're like, what is this? I was like, oh, those, those are my bets for today. And they just give a look like, you fucking degenerate. They're just like, and I'm just like, those are all, those are all advantage plays. Those are good there's against 50, the market. Every single one of these. 50, <laughs> there's 50 plays on that sheet. They're all good. I'm going to end up up or down $4. 50 plays, huh? I mean, easily. Super Bowl, like props. Super Bowl props. Super Bowl props, you can get down a ton. Like, uh, there's always, depending on how many outs you got, there's always, there's always a prop that's off of everybody and, else. Kind and of, God, you know? you know, like, I miss the offshore books for this. There was so many more because yeah. they, they, you know, now the, at least in Illinois, I don't know what the rules are other places, but you can only really bet on things that are related to the game. Uh, like you can't bet on like how long the national anthem's going to be, which is a funny one from this past year. If I remember correctly, it was this past year, right? The info got where, out, where right? Yeah, yeah. Someone, someone released a video outside of, the stadium of the yeah. rehearsal yeah, yeah, yeah. of the rehearsal. And like, and then uh, like the, Lines went crazy. Like, well, you guys listen to the show. There was a situation a couple years ago when the Bucks played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We had a kid on the sideline in Tampa who's from Chicago, and he let you know the bosses people he knew the bosses know <laughs> that yo the Gatorade's blue. <laughs> so if Tampa wins, this Gatorade is blue. And offshore, they were dealing blue at eight, nine to one because oh, baby. clear has been pretty much the favorite every year. And then mm -hmm. they do orange at three to one. Lemon lime is five to one, and then they get you know creative down the board. But so you're getting the game money line is eight, eight, plus eight hundred plus nine hundred. The Bucks were plus one thirty. The blue was eight to one, and they won, and they dumped blue Gatorade. No, that's an arbitrage that's, right there. That's what you want to get uh, that's in. That's what on. you want to be a, a part of right there. Whew. Are you guys coming to Vegas this year for my party? Super Bowl? Probably not. You're oh, anchored yeah. down. Oh, you're in. Am I, am I getting get an invite? Is this an official invite? I don't invite? know. We'll see because I, that's a busy time for me at work. Treasy, your busy time's done, so you probably can't. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You'll be out there Last year, we were um, very, very happy to welcome Tiki and Rondé Barber into our party. Oh, wow, shit. nice. They started doing content with Superbook. And I don't know if you guys have met my buddy Big Dan, who's 6'6", 190 pounds, you know, <laughs> big drink of water. <laughs> He decided that his favorite bet of the Super Bowl between the Rams and Bengals was over 54 and a half longest punt yards. <laughs> so <laughs> after the Barbers watched us sweat the national anthem, <laughs> they watched my buddy Big Dan yell, boom, for every single punt. He never got over 54 and a half. The oh, longest punt was 54. Yeah, yeah. But the Tiki and Ron, they're like, the fuck? <laughs> During a punt, this room is exploding <laughs> with passion because Big Dan has He's over honest. 54 and a half longest punt. And that, you, you said that's the, the, the Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl. There was a, Rams, Bengals. Rams, Bengals. The last, oh, oh, the last Super one. Bowl. Okay. I thought that was the one. Boom! Say that Super Bowl had like 50 punts. I was going to say that this one didn't have quite as many. Every right punt. There. Boom! <laughs> Goddamn. The Super Bowl is wild because of that. Yeah. You know, oh, like ev sure. everyone in the room has something different. Some weird ass thing. And it's like, 
And like, I love when I would have a middle, and I'd have like I'd have it at two two different books, good price, and then I'd be like, all right, I need this guy to get an eight yard catch, no more, no more. Guy gets the ball in the flat, and you're like, kill him. Why'd you stop? <laughs> you look like you were going to say something good, and then you just no, completely I, no, stopped. No, I was going to take a drink of my uh, delicious uh, Yeah, what do, by the way, what do we have over there? All right, I see so, a bunch of bottles. So I got, we, got this, uh, we got this buddy, fan, fan of the, the 108 show, this guy Dougie Fresh. Awesome dude. Just fucking yeah. phenomenal dude. A gem. And uh, I'm, we're coming back from Vegas, and our guy, My Suck Summer, is like, hey, Dougie Fresh dropped something off for you at the house. I'm going to pick it up when you come back. So I go over there, pick it up. He made a fucking advent calendar. It's like a 12 days of Christmas of whiskey. Ooh. And so I haven't cracked into it yet. So And he self-bottled it, right? He self-bottled uh, it. So like, there's only numbers on these. And then he's doing, every day, he's doing a video and telling us what it was. And what's crazy about it, so I'm, I'm through two days so far right here. I've got can I get one days. of those you or could, you is could, it off limits? You could absolutely. I brought, it, I brought it to share with you. Then I saw you got the high noons. I thought I didn't know what you're doing over here. <laughs> well, it's been a long day and it's going to be a long night. But I will happily take <laughs> oh, a yeah. random numbered bottle well, from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah, these are, these are for the house. I'll, uh, right? The least I could do is bring <laughs> high noons here. I'll be right back. You. I'm going to grab you a, a beautiful Spuds McKenzie no, glass. No, I'll just take it from the bottle. Oh, you're going to take it from the bottle. All right. You guys uh, have yeah. seen me basically sleeping at this table. So no, I don't, I'm sorry, no picklebacks down here. I but mean, so he gave us this advent calendar, two videos. Up the table if you want. Okay, so day. this is uh, this is a clear bottle. It's about what is that? Three shots? Yeah, it looks like about two, three shots. Yeah. Three shots. I think it's three. And the outside of the bottle has a label, a paper label with the number three on it. Do we know what the three means? We do because it, he did the video already for the third, but I don't remember which one it is. So you got a mystery bottle there of, of bourbon. It's definitely like bourbon or rye. Is it moonshine? No, no. These okay. are all really good. Like he's got yeah, a really great. And like what's crazy about this guy is he will like one of the best things about this whole thing has been you. he gives you a bottle and you're like, oh, my God, this is really good. And he's like, this is what this is. You could get it for like 30 bucks at the store. Like, it's not like he's not giving us like stuff that's like, oh, this is $600 and you'll never find it. You didn't know how good this thing is that's just sitting on the shelf. I, well, I found, the, I found the note, so I'm going to let Sammy drink it first and then I'll tell Well, do you want to take a video of me drinking it? Because people think I don't drink. Who the fuck thinks that? No, I was really? kidding. I was oh, kidding. Okay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> tell your story. <laughs> I'm no, gonna I, was just... gonna, I was going to let you drink it and I was going to tell you what it is because I found the, the Cliff Notes list of the things that he said for the first six bottles. So, cheers. Che cheers up, Sammy. Appreciate that. And. Oh, and Sammy, man, look at that. Oh, oh Sammy did not, uh, <laughs> did not savor it. I'll tell you that much. Oh, he's savoring it that right shit's, now. <laughs> that shit's straight through. That's so, bourbon. So uh, that's number, <laughs> that is bourbon. So, Treasy, that's number three, right, yeah. on the list. And according to this list, it says it's early times B.I.B. I don't speak whiskey. Early times is bourbon. B.I.B. is, is something. It, bottled and bond. Okay. What? But, bottled and bond. Oh. So, so the that's the one. So that one, if you could find it, there's... A plastic cap version and a metal cap version, and the this is bottom shelf, guy. Not really bottom shelf, but like, I think it's probably like twenty, thirty bucks, something like that. Okay. And uh, but the plastic one is fantastic. Apparently, the the metal cap, no good. <laughs> I don't. So bizarre. I don't get it. I don't get it. Why that would happen? <laughs> These are things that I don't understand about bourbon, so I just ask people, what should I buy? 
All right, we're at the point of the program where I wanted to give you two the chance to ask me a question because I've been through a lot over the last couple of years. Obviously, I work out in Boston now. I have to deal with some of that stuff. When I lose bets, I deal with the Telegram, the Twitter, all that jazz. I deal with some heavy hitters. I was going to give you both the opportunity to ask me a question or two. I was going to say just one. Whatever. We can go I mean, for a little bit here. Let's see. We are uh, 46 minutes in. So, we'll fill, okay. so we've got 15 minutes. I mean, I don't want to play Ask Sam the whole time, but Terezi has his fingers on his chin. So I'll let him I go got, first. Like, yeah, you're stroking it. Brent Musburger, MILF questions going. But like, I, 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 will, I will ask, and you don't have to answer this. I will uh, answer because. It. Because I, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I, I've always been kind of curious is like kind of what happened in Vegas. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right. I haven't told a lot of people this story, but I will. So I worked here in Chicago at WGN for a long time. I started when I was 23 as an intern. I worked three terms as an intern for free. And those were three year or three month, excuse me, terms. So I did nine months for free, not making a single dollar, having to drive downtown, pay for parking, pay for lunch, all that stuff. Whatever. You're an intern, you do that. So by the time we got to 2018, I had added a couple different jobs. I was teaching class. I was tending bar, calling UIC, basketball, baseball, and still working a GN, reporting during nights and then anchoring on the weekend mornings which was, as you can imagine, my schedule was Monday to Friday, I was working 10 until 10. And then Saturday, Sunday, I was working 7 until 12 or 7 until oh, 3, gosh. whatever. Yeah, long days. I told the Musburgers, look, I am finally at the point at age 29 that I'm making $60,000 a year. I think that's fair for what I'm worth. And I think hosting on VEASAN could be very fair in comparison. We had a handshake agreement at 60 grand a year. I get down there, contract slides across the table. We're going to give you a 90-day contract at a $38,000 rate. Oh, Jesus. Oof. Now, that's not 38,000 divided by 3, that's right. 38,000 divided by 12 and extrapolate it out. Yeah. Oof. After that, they said, we'll take care of you. Okay, cool. And I'm shaking a Musburger's hand. I'm not going to tell you whose it was because it doesn't yep. matter. I'm trying to get sued here. After about 75, 80 days, it's time to talk turkey. And I walk in, you know, we're going to make this happen. Two-year contract, 45000 year one, 50000 year two. To host 20 hours a week. On satellite radio. Come oh, on. Yeah, that's. To which we're at the point in my life where, and again, I don't have to tell you two this, but imagine if I leave Chicago, move to Vegas, stay there 90 days, and move home. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yes. I, right. Everybody I've ever met is going to ask what, what happened. happened? Yeah. So I, I toughed it out as long as I could. I put in a year, about three, four months, and then eventually quit. But that was what happened. I thought everything was cool. You have a, you know, you have an agreement where, all right, we're going to do this. Yep. We're going to take care of you after ninety days, and then you're thirty years old, making twenty eight hundred a month in Vegas, single, yep. can't date, 
because I'm paying. Remember, rent is eleven hundred. Cable and right. bills yeah. are three hundred. So that's one whole fucking check gone. Yeah. So now I have thirty days to make fourteen hundred dollars less in Vegas with the <laughs> oh dates, with the buddies that come in town and yeah. poof, spit their wedding ring off, <laughs> whatever. That was why, and I told them, I said, look, I can't, I literally can't work here anymore. So that's why I left Vegas. What's your question? You know, Sam, you've been doing this for a while, and you've been giving good information to the people for a while. And uh, uh, Treasy and I have had many discussions about that uh, at sidebars. From a market standpoint, from a betting market standpoint, what's the one thing that's changed the most from when you started to now? Uh, Maybe one negative and one positive. Just the entire wheel? The entire wheel. The whole thing? The whole thing, yep. I think the ability to legally get down has changed everything. Because back in the day, we had a bookie or two. Right. Maybe you had three, but most guys didn't have the balls to have three because the credit ran this deep. And you're like, all right, if I have a bad weekend, I'm going to be down one, two, three across the board. So it was different back then, whereas now the ability to be liquid has changed a lot, and I think the ability to line shop has never been more present in the moment, so that has changed for the better. Yep. For the worse, I think it's it's very hard for the guys that I work with to get down. Right. You know, I, I talked about earlier the uh, inability to lay 100 bucks on an 11-1 long shot in the NHL playoff market, but guys that I deal with all the time, you know, they can't I'll make a phone call and be like, hey, we want to bet this guy to win the Heisman at 30 to 1. They'll take seven bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we want to bet this team to win the Eastern Conference in the NBA. Indiana Pacers, 100 to 1. We'll take $6. The growth of the American market has been awesome because it allows us to shop around. But the problem is the people that win are getting more and more gripped by the nuts. They can't do what they want to do, and then guess what they have to do? Go back to the illegal market right. or go back to Costa Rica, Panama, Dominican, whatever. That's the catch-22, I guess, between the legal market and the illegal market. It's great for shopping if you're betting a quarter or 50 or 100 over, but if you're betting big bucks, you you still can't get down, and that's the biggest problem compounded by the fact that every time you go on Twitter, FanDuel tweets out, look at this 10-team parlay. Exactly, yes. It was a $20 bet and made 80 grand. (laughs) This could be you. That's a problem. So, Sammy. Oh, you have another question. Yeah. Let me lay on the ground here. Do, do this all day. I'm going to lay on this, the ground. This, this, for... this, is, this, is not a, this is not a personal question. Oh, okay. All right. So this, this question is. I so apologize, Dad. We're, we're, we, I think we all watch a lot of uh, sports on TV, and you see the amount of money that's being thrown at sports by, uh, by all the gambling sites, right? They're. They're in the mode of, we got to get all these new customers. How long is that sustainable? Like where they're throwing this much money at it for what, I mean, I think I've seen DraftKings say in their, in their releases that like the lifetime value of a better is about like $2,500 or 2,500 or 25,000. Well, it's a thousand a year. A thousand a year is okay. what I was told. The okay. AGA said that the average gambler is worth a thousand a year dollars. Okay. So think about it that way. 
the amount of money that they're spending in it's kind of a race to the bottom, right? Like there's the there's two there's there's going to be more and more players in the market as we go. Right. How long is that sustainable? And then like, what does it look like after that's not sustainable anymore? Well, it's a great question. I think you know they're going to bleed out every state, and Massachusetts is the next big domino. Whatever they figure out, Florida, that's another domino. Texas, California, you know, the big states right now are New York, New Jersey, Illinois, Nevada. But when they can finally get California, Texas, Florida involved, Massachusetts is around the corner. That's going to add to the American handle. My big thing is, you know, I wonder what the bonuses look like in 2025, 6, 7 compared to what they looked like in 19, 20, 21. Because in Illinois, I remember Caesars famously said, hey, if you sign up with Caesars, we'll give you a $1,000 free bet, risk-free. It's a big deal. Yeah. What does it look like in 26, 7 when the sports books look at their bottom line and go, hey, <laughs> Look how much we lost on bonuses and referral stuff. So right. I, it, it's a great question. I don't have the answer, but I imagine just thinking about the industry the way that I follow it, I imagine the bonuses from two, three years ago are going to be a lot larger than the bonuses are in 24, 5, 6, 7 because DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, MGM, whatever, they look at the bottom line and go, all right, here's what we took in from those referrals, and then those people gambled for two months and stopped gambling. Right. As opposed right. to just taking big bets from people that are kind of good at this. You know, it's wild because the, the, the trading situation in the American market, and I say that on Twitter all the time, the American books. The American books are DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, Caesars, MGM, PointsBet, FoxBet, whatever. Like, those are not Vegas markets, and they're not right. – Bet Chris, you know, Pinnacle, Pinnacle uh, Heritage, whatever. Yeah. They're different. I just, I don't think the gold rush will be as big as it's been in years past because the ROI on customer ABC is just not as good as they thought. Yeah, and I think you're going to start getting into customers that are, are not the people that are like, I was already a better and now you're just moving my money from my bookies and this is going to be a sustainable amount of money to guys that are just like, I'll set up an account because like for the Super Bowl, I want to bet five bucks on, on the thing. Right. You know? So then they get the free money. You know, yeah. the reload bonuses used to be big for us offshore. We would, in fact, play for them. We knew they were coming. And you show that you look like a bit of a degenerate and the reload bonuses be bigger than the initials. And I, we haven't seen that sort of come through yet in the U.S. books. I wonder if that'll Yeah, those those 100% reload bonuses were awesome back <laughs> in the day. Two, Wait, what? You, yeah, so, so back in the day, what you would do is you'd, you'd, you might get a, you know, you put a, put a dime in there and they give you $250 or whatever for cash. Blow that out of there, and then the next one would be 50%. And you blow that out of there, the next one would be 100%. So you put in two grand, they give you a free thousand. Right, yeah. so it'd be like it'd be like yeah, they'd for add the fifty percent, and you got to play through it, the, right? Yeah, so you got to you got to play through gotta, it, and, and well, unless back you the day, busted all, unless and back you, the day you'd unless have you to purposely play. busted all. And so what we would <laughs> what you do a lot of times, so we would either we would either use that to lay off bets somewhere else, right? Like we or we would that would be the account where we'd be like, let's run 
all the teasers there this weekend. Or let's run. So give us the high all, volatile bet. Or like more run lose all than parlays win. there yeah. this weekend. And if they hit, great. If not, we know that the next bonus is going to be 100%. And we'll play, you know. Put you know, send five thousand through Western Union, and uh, <laughs> responsibly, responsibly, responsible to my cousin, to my cousin in Honduras. Well, we've talked about my Western Union yes, experience. We used the same one, Sam. We, we, we used that yeah. same we, one over on thirty. I'll never forget walking up to the window at thirty first and Wallace, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's correct. Yes, that one. I had two grand in an envelope and pulled it out and threw it on the counter. And the woman behind the glass door said, "Bulletproof glass door." Said, <laughs> yes, it is. Are you sure you want to send this to Horatio Ramirez Gonzalez Martinez? <laughs> <laughs> looks at me. See, you know, <laughs> yes, of course, I would like to send my money there. We Sam, you, got, you, got a, you got a different look than us. You know, we didn't get any when we did all that. <laughs> Sam, can I ask you a question that's not gambling? Unless you're a non-gambling sure, question. Sure, why okay? not? Okay, all right. Yeah. I want to ask you a media-based question because, Treasy, we have access. We're like amateur podcasters, and we have access to all these media people that do this for a living. Give us maybe one or two tips that you think makes a great podcast. We're always trying to uh, work our podcast and try to get better at what we're doing, our craft. Give me some things that you think in general are like good for any, let's say we'll, we'll call us intermediate podcasters. People have kind of been through years of doing it, but we're kind of trying to take it to the next level. Number one is be yourselves, and you have to be yourselves all the time. You know, you guys are very good friends of mine, and I come on this show, and you come on my show. So I think being yourselves is is number one, because nobody wants to hear phony bullshit. You know, that's the biggest bugaboo for me is people that, you know, you could sit around a bar, have a conversation, good conversation, and then they do a podcast and it's way different because they're, you know, just projecting to whatever they feel like is right. So number one is to be yourselves. Number two is to find a niche. And I think your podcast, The 108, is very niche-centric because you're catering to a very specific part of the country. You're dealing to White Sox diehard fans it's not just casual white Sox fans it's look we fucking love this team we don't know why we love it maybe we do but we love it (laughs) so you you always have to be yourself and i think that's the you know the best part about my podcast is people are like dude you sound like you sounded last week when we were at the bar you know (laughs) be yourself is one and number two is to find your niche you know if you're going to do an nba podcast there are 900 million NBA podcasts. Right. But how many centralize on the New Orleans Pelicans or the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets or whatever? So you have to be yourself, but you also, you can't be just grandiosing on generalities. Right. You have to find something that people are very passionate about. The most popular podcasts, if you will, are ones that are centralized on a certain topic. Right. So that would be the advice. One, be yourself. Two, centralize. You're nodding in agreement. Yeah, niche. You want us to go niche. Niche. Which we are niche. You know, it's, yeah. that's, that's great advice, There's though. nobody yeah. more niche than the one awake guys. <laughs> so you, you want to narrow the, the You drink heavy beer in the bleachers. There's not many of you. <laughs> at least not, on the south side. Not, Holy not, cow. We're about an hour and one minute in. I want to read you uh, one final thing. This is a list that I grabbed from Wikipedia. 
Ooh. Maybe you've heard of Wikipedia. Okay, yeah, so my it's... My summer funds it. Yeah. $3.16. $3. $3. So Six <laughs> names. I'm going to give the two of you, because this is a White Sox-centric show, and I'm a diehard... Uh, White Sox fan. I'm going to read six names off to you and let you both react. Carlos Rodon, Carson Fulmer, mm-hmm. Zach Collins, Zach Birdie, Jake Berger, Nick Madrigal. <laughs> Those are six names that all have something in common. We know That's... what it is. <laughs> First round picks, maybe. Birdie's is is he in the comp part of the? He's first round, but I he's, think he's, he's he's like a com- late first round. I forget how they end up with two first round picks that year, but yeah, he's yeah. but he's also a first round pick. Is yeah, he yeah. dealing Chevys in Westmont yet? Birdie, it's a good question. That group right there is uh, not in great shape. Carlos Rodon just got paid, but yeah. after that, Carson Fulmer, Zach Collins, oh, Zach Birdie, oh. Jake Berger, Nick Madrigal, just. I mean, and it's something that we've we've talked about a lot is just like, what does this front office do well, right? Like, you, there's different like you look at different teams and you look at a team that goes like, hey, we don't have the money, right? You know, and I I understand why the Sox would say that. It's not like they're in a big city, <laughs> right? Exactly. It's not like they have a billionaire owner. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, their owner did so not angle shoot some uh, some angle on real estate and make a billion dollars. You're right, that's true. They're obviously like Kristen Wiig in uh, Bridesmaids. I'm poor. <laughs> so, so, but if that's you, you got to figure out but something. Then, but then you find a different edge, right? Like yeah. if you're not going to spend, you find a different edge. And, and when your only edge is like middle-aged Cuban players, like that's not an edge. <laughs> right. Right, you, hit, well, you hold hit on, hold on, hold on. They <laughs> just signed once. Andrew Benintendi <laughs> to a seventy-five million dollar contract. Jim Rose last night, by the way, was electric. Did you guys see Jim Rose last night? No, no. I did not see Andrew Benintendo, <laughs> Andrew Bonatti, Andrew. That's finally says Benintendi. That's why I cannot wait to talk about this with my sock summer on our podcast because he is the worst with names. And and just with the and he's a he's the only Italian. Well, he's half Italian, he's, and it's going to be an Italian and, name. And, and he's he can't say up. anything Italian. 100. So yes. I, I I actually posted yesterday on Twitter. I can't wait to talk about this with my sock summer and posted the Ralphie Wiggum saying hello Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you bring up that list, and Carlos Rodon has actually come to fruition, right? He done, it took him a long time here in Chicago, and then he he goes off to San Francisco, and now he's gotten this big deal with the Yankees. But what we're more worried about than that list you just read right there is that the next guy up who would have been just beyond this list that's still on the roster, Andrew Vaughn, we're hoping he doesn't turn into a pumpkin because the, the first round picks, Speaking they're of- betting it all on him. Yeah, exactly. He's got to come through this year, and it's a lot of pressure's on him. It's not necessarily his fault. It's just kind of where, where all the chips land. He's under a lot of pressure because you read that list, they haven't done anything in the draft, and like they're really basing a lot of Okay, we got the number three pick because we we tanked and spent no money. This guy got to produce. Yeah, look at the way the Cubs drafted. And let's go back to my background covering Chicago sports. I remember, you know, the Cubbies drafted under Theo, Almora, Bryant, Schwarber. Yep. You know, and those guys were all instant impact guys right away. And the White Sox just, they don't have any. Yeah, and that's part of the thing, too. It's like, in both cases, right, the team tanked. They, like, they didn't have to tank. That's a, in, in Chicago, you never have to tank. No, no You can keep all. throwing money at it. Because of course you could. Because there's a lot of fucking money here, you know? Despite me being totally broke and destitute. 
<laughs> yes. after my Vegas trip. But there's a lot of money here. And so you never have to do that. You could keep retooling or whatever they call it, throwing money at the problem. But instead, they said, look, suffer through this because on the other side, it's going to be great because we're going to tank and then we're going to get all these high prospects. And then those guys are going to come up at the same time we're spending all the money. That's right. And then you don't spend the money. And the guys that you that list you just gave all suck, except for the one guy who was good. And then you go, get the fuck out of here. We can't afford your qualifying offer. Do you want me to give the list again? It'll make me so let, 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 let me open this next whiskey. <laughs> I appreciate the time. Terese E. Beef Loaf. Bless you got to follow our guys on Twitter at from the 108 website from the 108.com. They've been on the show multiple times now. I believe there's a home and home coming. I told them I I can't do the one the home and home right now. I'll, I'll set the table. We need over unders, Sammy. Like we did the yeah, year. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do over unders in the 